0: Funding for Still Newtown is made possible in part by a grant from Connecticut Humanities. You can't miss the Newtown, Connecticut flagpole. It stands 100 feet tall in the middle of one of the town's main intersections, Main Street and Churchill Road. And every year, members of the Lions Club help change the flag.
1: Uh, What we do is in the fall, we take down the summer flag. We have a
0: large summer flag. That's Steve Bennett with the Lions Club. Uh, We place it with the winter flag because in the winter, the winds are much fierce, and they would just tear the big flag up. The Lions Club doesn't do it alone. It has help from the local fire department. We have the uh, Newtown Hook and Ladder come and take the flag up and down for us, so we don't have to climb up the pole. They, They do that work for us. So they're going to be coming here pretty soon? They'll be coming here pretty soon, about five minutes of eight. So... A big red fire truck pulls up in the middle of the intersection as the sun rises over Newtown. The ladder goes up and two firefighters climb up to lower the summer flag. They raise the new flag and that's it. If the old flag is really tattered, they'll dispose of it. The U.S. flag code recommends burning, otherwise. A few years ago, we uh, raffled off the summer flag after we had retired it as a fundraiser. So we may do that again. This year, Newtown marks 10 years since the tragedy at Sandy Hook Elementary School. And for people who've never been here, that's what they may think of when they hear Sandy Hook. But Newtowners will point out many things about their town, including the iconic flagpole. And they don't want to be defined by a single day. This is Still Newtown from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. The Newtown flagpole is not in the most convenient spot. There's no green or roundabout to protect it. It's just there in the middle of the intersection. Cars awkwardly navigate around it. Sometimes they hit it or each other.
2: Uh, there are people in town who wish it would be moved. Uh, they say it's a, a traffic hazard, a distraction. What I always tell people is just be patient. Um, don't be in a hurry to get around the flagpole.
0: Chris Gardner has a unique title, Keeper of the Flagpole. He's held the role since 2015.
2: And I thought it would be kind of a fun thing to do.
0: Chris is a lifelong Newtown resident. He's on a board that oversees the downtown area with the flagpole, the old town hall, the library, and some shops. It's one of five distinct neighborhoods in Newtown, and probably the busiest.
2: You know, you'll see people walking up and down these sidewalks from the early morning to late at night. The main street has beautiful colonial homes that have been very well taken care of. We just love the character of our our downtown, our main street, and um, really our biggest function is preservation, just trying to keep it looking as good as it looks.
0: Chris says the flagpole looks pretty good now, thanks to a retired police officer who looked after it for 30 years, repainting it, sweeping it clean. And then Chris stepped up. He makes sure there's a backup flag ready to go if a storm comes in and tears up the flag. And he always has a bucket of paint ready, too.
2: If the pole gets hit, my routine is to come out uh, the week it gets hit on a Sunday morning before dawn, when there's literally no traffic here. The only sound I hear is the whipping of the flag above me. And I come out with my paint, look both ways to make sure no no traffic's coming, and I go out and I, I touch it up.
0: Even though there are people who want the flagpole moved because of those occasional accidents, chances are that won't happen. In the nineteen eighties, a state representative from Newtown actually passed a law to prohibit the flagpole's removal. Anyway, it's a landmark.
2: It really is is the focal point for where, you know, where you start from in Newtown. And by, by that I mean when people ask you, how do I get to your house? How do I get to this business? You say, Well, if you start at the flagpole, you make a left or you go straight. So the flagpole is kind of a a good direction orienter, so to speak.
0: As best we know, a flagpole has been on this spot since 1876 to mark the country's centennial. It was right around that time that something else was established in Newtown. A local newspaper called the Newtown Bee printed its first paper in 1877. It was run by a guy named John Pierce.
1: He didn't have a heart for it.
0: Shannon Hicks is the Newtown Bee's managing editor.
1: We don't know if he didn't have a the head for it as well, but reportedly... If, there, if it was a very slow news week, or if he just didn't feel like it, there would be weeks where Newtown did not have its paper.
0: Shannon says the paper survived long enough for Pierce to sell it. It was bought by a local family, the Smiths, and they've owned it ever since. Scudder Smith took over the family paper in the early 1970s. He passed away in August.
1: He was so personable. He didn't ever hold himself above anybody here. And... He made a point of knowing everybody's names.
3: He was always a person I felt, you know, I could walk in the door at any time and talk about anything.
0: That's John Voquette. He's the editor of the Newtown Bee. The newspaper office is just down the road from the flagpole, and it looks as much like a cluttered antique shop as it does like a newsroom. That's because Scudder Smith loved antiques.
1: I think when you walk around the office and you look at these different pieces, you can see Scudder's love for and appreciation for folk art and uh, naive art. And fun. Yes. A lot
3: of stuff he got was kind of whimsical and fun.
0: There's knickknacks and trinkets everywhere. A lot of them bee-themed. Shannon and John show me one of their favorites, an intricate, beautiful carousel seat that was actually commissioned by the Smith family.
1: It's made to look like a bumblebee that you would find on a carousel. But if you look closely, underneath the saddle, the artist actually carved the Newtown Bee logo in it.
0: John says he's proud to think of the Newtown Bee as a true local paper, doing a service to the community just like it has for 145
3: years. We are more a living history book on newsprint than we are, in some ways, a newspaper in the conventional uh, concept of what a newspaper is. It's, uh, uh, you know, we look like a newspaper, we smell like a newspaper, but we really are sort of like a weekly uh, installment of the the history of the town as, as it happened that week.
0: John says he's most proud of how the paper covered the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. And we'll go more into that in an upcoming episode. But there's also the day-to-day stories of life in a Connecticut town.
3: The holiday festival, the Labor Day parade, Halloween on Main Street, the duck race, which is a much more recent activity in town.
0: I love the duck race. Sure, other towns might do something similar, but Newtown puts its own spin on it. Every year, the Newtown Lions Club brings a big front loader with its bin full of yellow rubber ducks down to a bridge in the center of the neighborhood of Sandy Hook, where there's a small river called the Pudatuck that runs right through town. They pour the ducks off the bridge into the river. The ducks meander slowly down the river. Every duck has a number on. Whoever bought a raffle ticket with the number of a winning duck gets a prize.
4: Number two, $500 for a weekend getaway. Of course, why would you want to get away from Newtown anyway? (laughs) Ticket number 81, nice move. That was a good investment. And here's the big one.
0: We're taking a short break, and when we come back, a bit of Newtown history, which includes the naming of a classic game and why a young couple recently moved to the Newtown neighborhood of Sandy Hook. This is still Newtown. I'm J.D. Allen. And I'm Sabrina Garone. We're hosts of WSHU's podcast, Higher Ground. We put microphones in the hands of middle school student scientists. We
5: get taught about climate change. We know about the damages that it will eventually do. But some grown-ups now don't even know what climate change is or what they could do to
0: help. Listening to young people might give us a better chance at survival in the face of climate change. You can subscribe to Higher Ground from WSHU Public Radio wherever you get your podcasts. This is Still Newtown from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. Newtown's history is similar to the rest of Connecticut. The colonists were mostly farmers, and they also produced lumber and flour at mills along the Putetuck River in the Sandy Hook section of town. The river fueled the mills and then factories in Newtown. They churned out woolen products, fabric fire hoses, and lots of buttons and combs and tea bags. And here's an interesting footnote. In the late 1940s, Newtown resident James Bruno started to produce a grid-based board game out of his home where you make up words with letters on small tiles. He didn't invent the game. We can thank a New Yorker for that. But he helped simplify the rules and changed the name from criss-cross words to Scrabble. If you drive around Newtown today, it's still a mostly rural community. And you can't miss one obvious reminder of its farming history. Old weather vanes topped with metal roosters. In fact, the rooster is on the town seal.
4: Yeah, when you think of Newtown, you think of the flagpole and the rooster.
0: Alan Martin moved to the village of Sandy Hook as a newlywed in 1969. He and his wife bought a nice little ranch house on a road with three working farms. He's from Connecticut, but his wife was a city girl from Brooklyn.
4: My wife is an absolute culture shock. Our mailbox is across the street on this little country road next to a cow pasture. The very first morning, she walked across to get the mail, and a big six- or 700-pound cow came right up to the mailbox. They're very nosy, very friendly. Scared the heck out of my wife. Not a lot of cows in Brooklyn, but she grew to love it. Raising children in Sandy Hook was a wonderful place.
0: Sandy Hook, back when they bought their house, was a more affordable place to live.
4: Ranches salt boxes, old colonials, farmhouses, a lot of land available. It was more of a farming middle, lower middle class community. It's become a rather affluent community.
0: Scarlett Lewis also lives in Sandy Hook in a 1740 farmhouse. She moved here about 20 years ago.
6: But when I moved to Sandy Hook, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is in the middle of nowhere. I was from Darien and my dad had worked in New York City and I just thought, wow, as a single woman moving up here, is it a good idea? I'm gonna be so isolated.
0: She has a lot of company though. The farm is buzzing with life. Scarlett has a few big dogs, horses, and lots of chickens.
6: There's always something to do, always work. We're walking by a big pile of firewood that needs to be split. We're walking up towards our garden. We have an orchard here, best apples in the entire world. And then uh, we're walking past these now flowering apple trees, and then this was Jesse's playground that he got for his sixth birthday. And uh, he had so much fun here, and I'm so glad that he had it.
0: Scarlett lost her six-year-old son Jesse in the Sandy Hook Elementary School tragedy.
6: There's a little plastic tractor and there's a plastic ATV sitting there. It's sad. Um, I can't get rid of them. And I can't get rid of this and kids do come and they do farm visits, um, friends and, uh, they play on it, which is bittersweet. So, um, some of the, some of these things, I couldn't get rid of. I still have Jesse's coat hanging up. His coat will always be hanging with our coats, always. So just little things like that, still around.
0: From her front porch, Scarlett thinks about the changes in Sandy Hook.
6: It it has changed uh, within obviously the, the past 20 years, but especially since the tragedy. Oh my gosh, it's become so commercialized since then.
0: Scarlett thinks that change has been for the better.
6: I thought that there would be a mass exodus, and uh, interestingly enough, I ran into people that said that they wanted to move here because of the response and, and the love and just how we handled that, the the, the outcome of the tragedy, and I was surprised.
0: Joelle and Josh Sear are newcomers to Newtown. They bought a home in Sandy Hook a few years ago. Full disclosure, Joelle's a WSHU employee. And that's not all you need to know about her. Joelle, you are expecting. (laughs) By by the time this airs, you will be a new mother. Yes,
5: that's very humbling. (laughs) Give a reality check.
0: Joelle grew up in Stratford, Connecticut, a town on the shoreline about half an hour away. She was an athlete in high school.
5: So we would come to Newtown to uh, do cross-country meets and basketball. And I just always had an attraction to the town. It, I can't really explain why. Um, it felt more rural than Stratford and homey. So I've always had Newtown in the back of my mind when thinking about settling down one day and finding mm. a house. Yeah,
0: Josh is from New Milford, a few towns over.
5: And,
7: and having grown up in like a small town in Connecticut of Newtown was a nice feel of like that rural nostalgia that I had growing up, but with like a lot of the local um, uh, like amenities nearby. And it seemed like it also had a really good local community, which is something I grew up with.
0: Josh and Joel's house is just off one of the main roads that runs through Sandy Hook. They show me their favorite spot, the backyard.
7: And the sun is just like coming through the trees here, and you have this beautiful light that's just all speckled while coming through the leaves. And we learned that this was all just a big, large farm pasture. And so the rock wall here is unique to the farm that was here 1800s, 1700s or whatnot. It's pretty cool to kind of see all that history.
5: And actually just looking behind you, we have a hydrangea tree. And I've never noticed how many bees, until this moment, swarm, (laughs) swarm all over the blossoms. They're all over on this tree. Wow, you're right, that's crazy. I've never noticed that before.
0: Joel and Josh say before they moved to Sandy Hook, they talked about whether the tragedy 10 years ago made a difference to them.
5: It did not deter us from wanting to be here. We still felt very compelled that this was a good place for us to go. Even knowing in the back of our mind that one day, you know, our future child and, or children will go to Sandy Hook Elementary. We almost feel, I don't know if proud is the right word, but overcoming that tragedy. Um, and getting on the other side of it because Newtown still has so much to offer. Um, so it crossed our mind and it was in the background but it didn't move to the forefront enough.
7: I'll be on phone calls with people from all over the states and the last where I live and I'll say Sandy Hook and, and you know immediate, the, the, yeah, immediate and the light bulb will go off as to like what that means and what that town is and represents and it's like that's not what it is here, having lived here. Like, I don't put them down, but I'm just, you know, I just don't agree with that, like, negative correlation to the name of the town that that they get.
0: Joel remembers a day in December of 2018 when they were visiting before they became New Towners.
5: Josh and I went out to dinner um, at a restaurant right by the flagpole. And when it came time for dessert, we had... We had dessert sent over to us and i think a glass of port wine and we looked at each other and said to the server you know we didn't order this where did this come from and the server pointed um to a table nearby that was signing the check and getting up and getting ready to leave and made mention of the fact that you know today is the anniversary of the sandy hook tragedy and people in the town pay it forward on this day and we felt so compelled and touched by that that we ended up paying it forward um to another couple that we that we pointed out um in the corner of the restaurant and did the same thing sent over dessert and a glass of wine i think when people go through tragedy as a group especially something town-wide like this human nature just brings out love and kindness in people and Unfortunately, Newtown and Sandy Hook are one of those places that got to that point, um, like so many other towns uh, in this country. Yes, the sadness and grief is there, but love always wins. I believe the root of all people is good and the root of human nature is good.
0: Since we recorded this, Joelle has become a mother. She's looking forward to taking her daughter around town in the stroller to her favorite spots in Newtown, like Fairfield Hills, an old psychiatric hospital that's become a sort of all-purpose town hub, with walking trails, town offices, a rec center, and a brewery. Or Holcomb Hill, a beautiful grassy spot that overlooks the town.
5: It's a simple walk up the hill, and then it just kind of plateaus, and it has lovely views, and it has benches. And it's just a really quiet place for reflection. Um, And Josh and I have walked up there a couple times.
0: I've come to Newtown many times, both to report on stories and just to spend some time. And I have a favorite spot for times of quiet contemplation. It's a walking trail in Sandy Hook, hidden at the end of a narrow street near the middle of the neighborhood. You can follow the trail up a hill and into a thick, shady forest. It's called Rocky Glen State Park, but I always think of it by the name on the board as I enter. Al's Trail, named in honor of a local Newtowner, Al Goodrich, who helped create the path, but didn't live to see it finished. Part of the trail goes alongside the Putatuck River that runs through Sandy Hook Center, the same place they hold the duck race. There are a few places to sit and watch the river, and listen to the rushing water, including one by a dam next to one of those historic mills. It's a peaceful, secluded spot. A still spot. On the next still new town, local journalists who feel a sense of responsibility covering tragedy, especially if you've covered it twice.
2: When you get a chance to stop and you're not in the process of writing, producing, editing stories, you just cry. I mean, it's really awful. And I don't think most people know the kind of toll this takes on journalists, on the people trying to tell the story.
0: Still Newtown is sound designed by John Pino. Our fact checkers are Janet Curtis, Margaret Osborne, Melanie Formosa, and Mallory Lawrence. Our editor is Cindy Carpian. Our assistant producer is Sabrina Garone. Our interns, Paul Keegan, Megan Briggs, Isabella Giardina, and Hilary Jean-Bart. The executive editors are Terry Sheridan and J.D. Allen. Our media partner is The Newtown Bee. I'm Davis Donovan.